Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 195, and it's titled How to Build Your Dating Confidence with Robbie Kramer. So we're going to talk about a lot of things. Confidence is going to be a big piece of what we're talking about, but it's not the only thing we're going to cover because there's a bunch of other sort of interwoven ideas that go along with that. But, you know, one of the things that I see a lot when coaching men is... They honestly, they lack confidence. And while there has always been men who lacked confidence, especially in dating, I think it is an epidemic in today's current modern society. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Maybe we'll get into those. I don't know if we really will or not. We might not really have time for that. We might want to just stick with like, okay, what can you do about it? You know, (laughs) but let's just say there's a lot of pressure on men to not be men. And when men do not step up and be men, they lack confidence. So we're going to talk about all of that. We're going to obviously have a guest on who's going to help us with that. And I think it's really going to be a fascinating conversation because like I said just a moment ago, I see so many men struggling with this. Yeah, today's show is going to be geared towards the men in our audience, but I think that there's always value if you are women, uh, a woman to listen to that as well or share it with all of your male friends because I think it's going to be a very impactful episode. But before we get started, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. So make sure you check it out. That'll give you some confidence in the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Let me introduce our guest today. Our guest is Robbie Kramer. He has been guiding men to accomplish their goals with women, health, fitness, and career since 2008. He founded Inner Confidence to show men exactly how to create the lifestyle of their dreams in a way that actually works. Robbie brings dignity and ease to traditionally taboo interactions. No funny names, no pickup routines, no fake stories, tricking women into liking you, just 100% real attraction. Thank you, Robbie. Robbie has worked personally with over a thousand clients on six continents. So welcome, Robbie, to the Love Lab podcast. Thanks so much. Great to be here with you guys. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love that second, uh, uh, like two sentences of the bio there, which is uh, no funny names, uh, no pickup, uh, no pickup routines, no fake stories, no tricky. So I wanted to repeat that because when we're talking about how to build confidence, right, and like men are going to go out there and learn how to be confident, we're not talking about all of that stuff, all of that crap that gets perpetuated out there over and over and over again. So if that's what you thought you were going to get, nope. <laughs> You're going to None get of that some... stuff here. <laughs> no. That's right. So you have something that you broke it down into four dating archetypes. And I know that... Men can go take a quiz on your website. We'll send them there too. Um, but how about you describe a little bit maybe what they are so that our listeners can see where they stand? Sure. So the one that most guys will kind of find themselves in is the procrastination stage or archetype. And a lot of guys who are kind of using online dating as really the only thing to generate leads in their love life. It's typically these guys, guys who aren't going out and, and meeting the type of women they want, guys who are complaining that they're not getting enough dates. Anyone who's is kind of has a, a lack of uh, abundance coming in, usually they're procrastinating. And if they really look in the mirror and ask themselves, am I doing the things that I should be doing to get more dates and to find you know, that women I really want, the answer is usually no, they're not going after the women that they see. And, you know, maybe if they're out at the bar, do they approach that woman that they see at the bar? Probably not. Right. They tell themselves an excuse instead, or do they see, do they approach the woman that that's giving them a cute little glance in the Starbucks? Probably not some excuse. Oh, you know, I I'm late for work or I don't have my, you know, 
my best outfit on today. And you know, those are primarily the guys I work with, a lot of tech guys, a lot of internet sort of guys. And it's really hard to get out of that mindset when you're you're kind of just hoping something will happen, but you're not really taking any action. So that's kind of the first archetype. The other one is kind of that scripting guy who's maybe read too much pickup advice. Um, he's going out and using tactics and techniques and kind of coming across as inauthentic. Uh, trying way too hard. At least he's doing something, right? You got to pat him on the back for at least he's going out there. Um, so that's number two. Number three is the guy who's who's also taking some action, but he's kind of just like winging it. You know, he's like the, the guy who talks to every woman he sees, but he's he doesn't have any real idea of what he's doing. He might be going on a lot of dates, but not really, you know, ending up with any of the women he really wants, or he's not succeeding on any of those dates because he's probably talking too much about himself, making a whole bunch of conversational mistakes. This is the guy you see who's kind of just like blabbing the girl's ear off in the bar, talking about how cool he is and name dropping and telling about his yacht or his boats. So that guy, you know, no one wants to, to kind of be around that guy, but they're out there, especially in Miami. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the guy who's kind of like winging it. And last, the last archetype is, is someone who understands, like I call him a structurer uh, on my site, um, someone who has some sort of structure and a an actual plan about their dating life. Someone who, who knows what they're going to do on a first date. They know how to quarterback a date. They know where to kind of, move an interaction next. If they meet a woman at a bar or a club or a festival, um, they have sort of a roadmap or an idea in their mind of what to do in this area of their life. And usually those guys in, in any, you know, area of life get a lot of success. Like if you're an internet marketer, you need to build a, a, a date, a, a funnel for that, right? If, if you're a single man and you're looking to find an awesome woman, then you also need to build a dating funnel. And if you don't think of it in those terms, you're, I think, leaving a lot of opportunities on the table. So that's what I like to, to tell guys is design an actual funnel because that's really what it is. If you're out there dating, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you have a funnel of leads and they're coming in and you're trying to you know, optimize and find the best fit. So if you have no idea what you're doing or you're not taking a strategic approach to that, I don't like your chances as much as someone who is. Oh, I love the idea of dating funnel. I'm going to come back to that later, however. <laughs> I want to go uh, to the first archetype that you were just talking about. The which, procrastinator. The procrastinator. So, you know, if you're going to take the majority of men and you're going to, you're going to break them down and say, okay, there's four archetypes and everybody fits into one of these four for the most part, right? It's not going to be a 25%, 25%, 25%, 25% distribution, right? You, like some, there are going to be some categories that have more men than others. One of the things that I see, and you can tell me if you see this as well, Robbie, but one of the things that I see is most of the men I end up working with tend to be in that first category, the procrastinator one. Oh, yeah. Like, that to me seems like to be... 70%, maybe 80% in, in my experience. Okay. So, so great. So you're seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. Like, yeah, like that third archetype guy, like, yeah, I've seen a few of those, but there aren't nearly as many of those as there are the first type. So I'm curious first, cause I want to break that down a little bit because it is 70% of men, right? So like, there's going to be a lot of guys listening to this that realize that, oh, fuck, that's me. Well, <laughs> right? I also want to maybe see where does a guy who, I, I mean, I think he fits in the procrastinator, but he might be thinking he's doing a lot of action, but actually he's just making a lot of excuses, in my opinion, when I witness the person doing. So would you put that person who's like, yeah, but I'm doing all of this, but they're not responding to my stuff or it's, it's their fault or this is what's not going on. Like, where would you put that guy? That guy is like the guy who's constantly on Tinder swiping, and constantly having text message conversations that aren't leading to dates. Like if you're not getting dates, I would still call that in the procrastination stage because you're, you might be doing a lot of stuff, but it's not, it, it's not the stuff that's actually going to move the needle. And you're, you're taking, you're, you're taking action, but it's usually hiding behind the fear of rejection rather than actually confronting and dealing with that fear of rejection, which will lead to results where the other stuff won't. Okay. So see, now this is where, this is the question that I was getting at, which is because that's the majority of people. And because I have so many men asking like, well, I don't know, how do I do this? And what do I do? It's like, what is the stuff 
that will help them move the needle. And what, what, kind of, what kind of behaviors, so it's kind of two parts. What stuff is really going to move the needle? And what stuff are they doing that's really useless that they think is moving the needle but really <laughs> isn't? <laughs> so, great question. The, the first thing, and, and this is what I was doing, So, and, and this is why I got into this whole thing, was I was what I called an inauthentic nice guy. And what that meant was the way that I thought to attract women was to make extra copies of my homework in class and pass it out to the cute girls or do favors for women or, or hope that they would see me as a sexual, you know, sort of man by just being nice. And <laughs> it was inauthentically nice because I was trying to get sex, but you know, what I was presenting wasn't like, here's my real authentic sexual self. I was terrified of actually telling a woman I was interested or sexually attracted to her. Not that I'm saying you should walk around the street and saying I'm sexually attracted to you. No. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Might but, work occasionally. Might get a lot yeah, of slaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if I liked a girl, I wouldn't, I, I would be like embarrassed about it. I wouldn't admit it a lot of the time. I missed out on so many opportunities in high school. I remember girls would write in my yearbook. Like I had such a big crush on you. I wish you would have done something. And I'm like, Oh my God, I had a crush on her too, but I, I did nothing because of the fear of rejection. And that is so many guys that, and because of that fear of rejection or that fear of that embarrassment of our attraction, that's kind of the better way to say it. We're embarrassed about our attraction. We don't know how to express our attraction in a way that is attractive, right? Either we, we wait until, you know, we're deep in the friend zone and finally we have to, we have to admit that we're interested and then the whole thing blows up and that's Tough to ugly. Dig yourself out of that one. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or we're the guy who's, you know, driving down the street cat calling because that's the only way we know how to express our attraction. And neither of those things work very well at all. So, um, Back to your question. So that that is the what did you ask exactly? What are the first so, the ways? Or yeah, for, let's let's first cover the things that guys think are working and moving the needle, but really are just a waste of time and an excuse. Right. Okay. So if if you're doing that right, and if if you're if you got this kind of nice guy syndrome going, then you're probably only using online dating. And you're hiding behind your profile. You're hoping you get some matches. And the nice thing about online dating is obviously if, if you swipe right and they swipe right, it's somewhat assumed that you're attracted to each other, at least on the photos on the page. But it's so rare that guys succeed very much using online dating unless they're really tall, really good looking and have very good texting communication skills. So like the guys who are doing well online are usually doing well everywhere. And that's the majority of guys I see that are struggling is they're, they're only using online dating, they're only using Tinder, um, and they're not getting the dates with the, the quality women that they want. Um, they're always disappointed with the sort of dates that they're getting, and they're too afraid to ever sort of make a move or show intent or interest to the women in their life or a woman walking down the street. So what you can do is the first thing you can do is you can, you can start to break down this fear of rejection. And so I call it social freedom and also approaching people in, in real life. And Imagine this is that. what I did. And this is what I did that really transformed my dating life. So at first I had this crazy fear that, you know, strangers would judge me. They'd think I was, you know, unattractive or weird or whatever. And so I had this sort of fear of just kind of being out socially and, and expressing myself. So to get over that, I did a bunch of silly exercises. Like I, I laid down on the sidewalk and a busy street until someone was like worried that I was dead or sick. Um, I would like go up to a McDonald's and ask for discounts, um, crazy stuff like that. Just things that would, make me feel awkward intentionally in public. I did another exercise where I talked to a hundred people and as fast as I could, like just in a busy kind of like a Venice beach, Santa Monica boardwalk area, just talk to as many people in the shortest amount of time I could. And I did all these things to kind of break down these, this fear of rejection, the social fear that I had. And then what I started doing was approaching women that I found attractive. And that was the hardest part, like walking up to a beautiful woman and just saying, Hey, I think you're cute. And I'm going to run away now because I don't know what to say. That, <laughs> that actually made a huge difference. And 
one, and I have a whole sort of series of steps to that you can do to get over that approach anxiety. But that is the biggest thing that'll make a difference is actually start approaching people that you're attracted to in real life. And you'd be shocked how easy it is to get a date and the return on time versus what you're, what most guys are doing, which is, you know, not really much using online dating. And I get, I, I've got a whole elevator pitch on how to approach someone like happy to share, but hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, it it does. And you know, I'm I'm really glad to see that you're giving advice to tell people to actually go out and participate in life and not sit behind a screen. Because right now everything is being every literally everything's going being funneled towards the metaverse, right? Like this is this oh, yeah. is where the push is, right? And my advice has always been to clients that I've coached is, you know, there's nothing wrong with online dating, but you know, Every date I've ever gotten pretty much has been because I went out and I just did stuff and I met people while I was doing stuff. Well, it's because you didn't really have option back then to do online dating. Tell the truth, Kevin. Date yourself a little bit there. Are you saying I'm old? (laughs) Uh, No, that's not what I said. (laughs) Well, I I will tell you this, that that I did once build a profile because I thought I was going to try online dating. And it was like a, I think it was like Yahoo dating or something that that that's how old that is <laughs> no but but the point is i love i love the fact that you know yes okay use the technology because the technology is helpful but also don't forget to go out and live life do stuff meet people talk to people the other point that you made that i really liked was that basically you're giving advice on how to get over that fear because honestly as a guy it doesn't really matter um it doesn't matter how good looking you are, how much money you have, all of those things. If you're not in what we would kind of call an A-type personality, then walking straight up to a complete stranger, you know, a woman who's beautiful and asking her out is a very difficult thing for most men to do. It just is. Most guys will not do it. Yeah. 100%. Well, even, even you know, I, I'd speak to Navy SEALs I've coached who have been like, I would rather go into battle. <laughs> then walk up to that woman I find attractive. And obviously we get them over that very quickly, but that's a real fear. It's like a real primal fear that's built in. So Yeah. I mean, know. really, I would say that the only guy that's consistently going up there is that third archetype that you described. Like he's the guy that's consistently going up and asking every time, right? Other than that, probably everybody else is struggling with that same thing of like, ooh, how do I go ask her? What do I do? So... I wanted to ask you, because it's kind of connected with what you were sharing here, uh, what do you have to say to those who aren't attracted to the woman they're dating, and in a way it's because they're settling, right, Uh, and think they can't get a date with the woman that they truly want? And, you know, I kind of see some self-sabotage pattern, and this is something that was going on with a client of mine, but I'm curious about your opinion on what do you do? When he's like, he's telling me, well, I end up dating this woman, but I really want to be dating that woman over there, but it's not happening. She's like, everybody's telling me that she's out of my league. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? Like, it's crazy thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as... <laughs> It's like, if, if you believe it, then it's true Mm -hmm. sort of thing. I mean, I used to, I used to have that too. I used to sort of date women that I felt like I could get, but they weren't the ones I really wanted. So then I ended up feeling, felt feeling like I was settling in the relationship, which ultimately ruined it for me, which was a, just a totally sabotaging, ridiculous plan. But so many of us do that, right? We, it's like, there's the, the, the people we think we, we, you know, we want, but we really, ah, I don't think we can get them. So I'll just settle for this person and then break up with them later and just do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that, that is a pretty nasty pattern. Well, and and the, I think the way to get over that is there's some story that you're running in your head, which is I'm not good enough for X, Y, Z because of this. For me, it was, I'm not good enough because I'm overweight. I, I used to be like 30 to 40 pounds heavier. And 
I lost the weight and I still had the story, but at least now I didn't have an excuse to not approach the women I really wanted. And then once I started approaching them and meeting them through my social circle and, and friends, then it worked out. Then I started actually dating the ones I wanted, but I, you know, it, it really helped to pinpoint like, what is that story in my mind? I'm, I'm two X, Y, Z, and then eliminate the story. You know, I, I like, I like a point that you made, which is that, you know, you used to be heavier and then you lost the weight. And so, you know, another thing that I often, uh, and I, I know something you teach the same thing, but it's like when you have a guy who's coming to you and saying, well, you know, uh, I can't get this woman because I'm not this or I'm not that or I'm not the other thing. You know, one of the big pieces of advice is then become that thing. Become the type of man that that woman would date. That's, that's one of the things that we tell men all the time. And I like that you shared that because that's basically what you did. You're like, okay, I'm insecure about my weight, so I'm going to lose weight. Now, granted, there was, a, there was a mental component where you still had to kind of get over the, the programming and the story from before, but you took action to do something to become that man that you wanted to become that you thought would have a better chance. Totally. You know, because we all, we, we all probably have reasons why we're not at the top of whatever thing that we're doing, right? And if we can eliminate those reasons, then we eliminate the story and, and we can, you know, there's an opportunity there. So exactly what you said. And, and if there, there's no excuse for not losing that weight. There's no excuse for not upgrading yourself in all ways that you can, right? If you, if you think you deserve a, a quote unquote 10, you better be a 10 too. I'm curious, what did you learn from your social experiment of laying down the street and stuff? Like, were you surprised by how people responded or how people, how little they truly care if that's what happened or how much they care? Like, what, what did you find? <laughs> well, what was really interesting for me was, yeah, people didn't care. Mm -hmm. They were too, everyone's too busy worrying about themselves to really mm -hmm. care about you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and all the anxiety and fear After doing these sort of things, approaching women, doing things to make yourself embarrassed, it, it, it transforms from anxiety to excitement. And you actually get excited to do it. Like after approaching about 30 to 50 women, I had tons of anxiety in my body. Every time I would do it, I'd walk up, I'd be sweating, my, like my words would not I blabber mouth, whatever. <laughs> um, and then once I kind of did like 50 in a pretty short period of time, like it took me maybe like a week to do 50 and I was doing it consistently every day. It, it started feeling like an excitement versus anxiety. Like you're excited to get on a roller coaster. If you've been on some roller coasters before you're scared to death, if you've never been on one as a little kid and that's what transforms. And that makes a huge difference because now the nonverbal communication is one of someone who's confident, you know, having fun, expressing those good emotions versus expressing those anxious, not so good ones. Well, it's interesting you mentioning that because remember, uh, we had Michelle, um, the other day on our show, uh, with her book out of touch and mm -hmm. in it, she did mention that most people mistake feeling anxious for being in love. Those feelings that we feel at first are very similar to anxiety, um, but you can reframe them. Like remember the climber who was calling it pre-joy rather, <laughs> right. you know? <laughs> rather than pain and suffering, he was calling it pre-joy. <laughs> so there's ways around to retrain your mind, but it's funny you mentioning that because in a sense you were still having some of the similar um emotional response or bodily response, but rather than being like, I'm frozen by this anxiety, this, this holds me back from doing anything, I can't be like, well, this is kind of exciting to have this, this anxiety, but still move forward. So it's, it's just fascinating what we can do once we set our mind to it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is like, you know, fear is a huge motivator. It could also be a huge, you know, stopping thing. But if you let it stop you, then then you do, but there's ways to really manage that. Like if you're, if you're totally afraid to like, if you're listening to this and the next time you see a cute girl walk over and just say, Hey, I think you're really cute. I'm going to run away now and run away. Right. If you think you can do that and that'd be fun, then great. If you, if you think you can do that and you go out and you realize I can't do that, that's way too terrifying. Just instead of doing that, next time you see a, a you know, a beautiful woman, just position yourself in a position where you could talk to her, but give yourself permission to not talk to her. 
Because I'm sure we can do that. And that's kind of the, a very important thing. Because if you're going to talk to someone, you want to be in a good position and you want to have good body language and, and you want that communication to be to be confident versus not. So positioning is very important when it comes to approaching people. So that's a that's a great step that people can do to practice if they have a lot of anxiety that's stopping them in the first place. Do you have another thing too that they can say? As the women... I'm going to say that the having people coming to you and say, oh, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. I heard it many times. I kind of was like, okay, do you have something more original? <laughs> Because, you know, it gets boring. If you are somebody who's considered beautiful, trust me, it's like kind of annoying after a while. So I'm putting you on the spot here, Robbie. I'm like, do you have I'm something? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm really glad you asked. So, so yes, I, I, I tell my clients that if you're going to approach someone on the street or in a Starbucks or in, an, in a venue where it's not socially acceptable to approach then you really need a reason why you're doing it, right? Like if someone's at a bar or a festival and it's a social environment, you can just walk up to them and say, hey, how's your night going? That, mm -hmm. That's totally fine, right? But if you're going to run after someone walking down the sidewalk in New York City, <laughs> who's booking it, going to work, you can't just ask them like, hey, do you know where the Starbucks is? They're going to go check your, check your phone, asshole. Like, why? <laughs> stop it? Right? Especially so, if you're in New York, that's exactly what they'll say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So my, my strategy when it comes to approaching women in, in that sort of environment is to be flirty and also direct. Because first, you know, you only have half a second for her to realize, like, is this a homeless person? Are they begging? Are they trying to get me to sign up for, you know, save the whales? Like, what do they want? And what do they want? That's what we all want. What do they, what do, what do they want? And are they dangerous? Those are kind of the two questions you're asking yourself, right? So... What I tell guys is you need to quickly explain what you're doing and show her that you have social awareness. Because if you have no social awareness, then people are going to think you're crazy. So what I, what I usually do is I use a flirty sort of direct, honest, it's not even a line. It's just kind of calling out what I'm doing. I'll say, hey, I saw you and I had to risk embarrassing the hell out of myself to meet you. You look super busy. You're, you're like totally walking fast. I'm in a rush too. I got to go to a meeting. How about this? Uh, I'd love to stay in chat. Obviously, no time. Give me your number. If you don't like me, give me a fake one. <laughs> I love that. See, I love that. This is what's awesome, Robbie. I hope everybody wrote it down. Please rewind. Luckily, yeah. it's on a podcast. Rewind. Write it down. <laughs> Then it becomes a pickup line, though. And, and you even gave her permission to give you a fake one. So if you get home and it's a fake one, you can't be mad at her. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, Yeah, you know, it, it is a line. It's it's definitely a line, but it, no one's going to ever call you out on using it as a line because there's it's not like a cheesy line or anything. Like, you're just basically being honest and telling mm -hmm. her what you're doing. Are your legs tired? Because <laughs> <laughs> you've been running through my mind all night. <laughs> oh, Kevin. <laughs> well, that's what we Are think those of. Face pants? <laughs> that ass is out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We, we should do a whole episode just on bad pickup. Up lines. <laughs> okay. Is there anything you wanted to add to that that last bit? Because I think you were going to say one more thing. So that's just a great little you know elevator pitch that you could you could use that tomorrow. You could approach 10 beautiful women, mm -hmm. and I bet if you do that, and if you're dressed halfway decent, and you have you know some level of confidence, you're already you know doing okay. Even if you're not great. One out of 10, you're probably going to get a date. Like, you know, that's not a huge number, but that's way better than what you're going to do swiping on Tinder. Way better. And it's going to take way less time to get that one date because each of those approaches takes 30 seconds, maybe a minute, right? That's 10 minutes. And I'm not, you know, you can try to go out and do this or you can just do it to the next 10 beautiful women you see. But I promise if you're listening to this and you do that, Not, you know, you might get a number, you might get a date, but what you will get for sure is a lot of confidence and a huge sort of uh, transformation of what you think is possible and how people receive you. Like you might think women are going to re respond poorly to that. You're never going to get a bad reaction. If you don't stop her correctly, you might get ignored, but that's about the worst thing that's going to happen. I would agree with that. Okay, I really want to get back to this idea of a funnel, but I think we should do our ad 
and then we'll get into funnel. All right. Well, if you um, love our show and you want to support us, we have created uh, an online place where you can shop for great products from us as well as handpicked affiliates. So we've selected these products. They support your health, your sex life, your relationship. And if you purchase any of these um, from our affiliate links, it helps to support the work that we do and ensure that we can continue to help as many people and couples as possible. So go check out the um, store at celineremy.com forward slash products and you might just find exactly what you need to keep you juicy all moving on all kind of fun things exactly <laughs> from confidence to juiciness in the bedroom that's right okay <laughs> so I, at the beginning of this uh, interview you mentioned this idea of a funnel now you know, people that aren't online marketers or don't run their own business and don't <laughs> understand what a funnel is, basically what it means is rather than having only one source of input into your machine, you've got multiple sources. So you think of it like a funnel, right? A funnel takes a big, wide amount of something and focuses it into a small amount of something, right? So I've never actually thought about applying that theory into dating, but obviously you have. I think this could be extremely valuable for listeners to reframe how they think about how they meet people. So, because that's always the thing, you know, people are like, well, I don't, I don't know how to meet people. Okay, well, now you're going to explain to them what is a dating funnel, what kind of things would be in it, how would they possibly create one? Sure. So there's really going to be four of those inputs. And I love your way of describing a funnel. I'm glad you didn't ask me because I'm going to uh, I don't like put water in it. And it small. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's going to be like four main ways that that women are going to come into your life uh, as a man who's obviously dating. So the first way is through your social circle or your friends, your family, people you already know. And that's the best way to meet someone, right? Like, cause you have that third part, uh, that's a yeah. third party <laughs> validation, right? Like if, if I say to, you know, Celine, my buddy, Kevin, he's the man you're probably, and, and you think I'm cool. Kevin's in, right? There, there's no better way to like, <laughs> he's in. All right. <laughs> Hopefully I will so, be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the best way. And most people who don't have a really active dating life, it's, partly due because their social circle isn't bringing in a lot of leads. Either their friends are all married or they don't go out or they just don't have a lot of like rainmakers in their social circle. So that's a big part of the process is surround yourself with friends, wingmen, if you're a guy, other people who are single and active and doing cool stuff. Cause then you're going to meet people organically through that social circle, which is the best way. The next way, which I would recommend is what we just talked about, which is going out and talking to people in real life. So going to social events and having the courage to approach the people you find attractive, right? Cause they're not going to approach you very often <laughs> unless you're Brad Pitt. And even then they're still probably not going to approach you. Right. So you have to, you know, that's, that's really where the, the rubber meets the road because it, you don't have to have a social circle that's, that's kicking ass because any guy can do this. It doesn't matter, you know, how tall you are or, what you look like, you can go and do this. There's nothing stopping you. So you can do that in social environments, which is, like I said, bars, clubs, festivals, places where it's normal to meet people. But some people are more introverted and they don't like those sorts of things. And if that's you, then you're kind of stuck to the grocery store, walking down the sidewalk, Starbucks, and the sort of like daytime venues I was talking about. And you can, you can use that elevator pitch I mentioned. Um, and then you have online dating. That's kind of like the, the, so there's, there's meeting people in, in social events. There's meeting people in non-social events, approaching them. There's social circle and there's online dating. And if you're only using online dating, which most people are doing, that's a really shitty funnel. You're missing out on three other better options there. You know, it's funny because we were talking, we just had some, uh, we had somebody from OkCupid that was on our show not too long ago. And so we've been talking about online dating and I was telling Kevin that I wish they had an app where you couldn't just see the people's picture where you would just like read who they are and then maybe after you like what they wrote or like how they presented themselves with words you could see their photo because I think that we judge too quickly with the photo we were just talking with a friend yesterday and she was like well 
if a guy has no hair, I just swipe the other direction. And I was thinking, <clears throat> you know, is it my preference to have somebody who doesn't have hair? No. Would that stop me from dating somebody? No, absolutely not. Uh, and I thought, how sucky is it? Because a lot of men do go bald, you know, and it sucks. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can do. See, I mean, I'm, I would be much more okay with no hair than overweight. Because no hair, there's nothing you can do about it. Overweight, well, there are a lot of things you can do, right? Uh, so just like seeing this whole idea that the photos sometimes we get so hang up on like how one person look or how there's this one thing we don't like or we don't want and then we just miss out on great opportunities so if you are a shorter man who's bold you're gonna want to do Robbie's strategy in terms of having a social circle and asking people you know like just to say hello and, and I think especially nowadays with post-pandemic, like people crave connection. I love it now. I'm an introvert and I love it when people come and talk to me at the grocery store because I'm like, I'm finally talking to somebody. This is amazing, you know. <laughs> We're no longer social distancing, you know. So actually, it it's never been better to approach somebody, I think. Oh, totally. Yeah. And and that, you're, you're like the perfect, uh, you know, testimonial for a beautiful woman who actually, you know, if, if you get approached in a, like, in, in a good way, it's so flattering. Women love that. Like no one wants to be approached by, by an asshole or by someone who's, who's rude, but even if you're married or whatever, like it's, it's going to make your day. So the worst thing that you're going to do as a guy is you're going to make a bunch of women's days. So that you know. is so true. I would have a big smile on my face. I come home to my husband and be like, Hey, this is what happened. That was awesome. <laughs> and the guy built his confidence because he talked to somebody he thought was beautiful and had a smile from her. So yeah, great. Now I got to escort you to the grocery store. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all of this talk about online dating actually brings us to one of our questions, which is, you know, how is it that men, a lot of men at least anyway, are using online dating incorrectly? Because it is one of the four ways, and it's probably one of the ones, even though it's not the most effective, it's one of the probably the most common ones used. So maybe you could give the listener some advice on like, what are you doing wrong in the on online dating world? Good question. Well, the biggest online dating site and the, the most important online dating site is actually Instagram because everything flows through Instagram these days, right? You meet someone on Tinder, you meet someone on OkCupid, right? It's like, what do you do? You exchange numbers or you can exchange Instagrams. And if you get someone's Instagram, you're going to learn a lot more about them than if you just get their number. So if you're a guy and you don't have at least a halfway decent Instagram profile, you are really cutting the odds out of your favor. Um, and I see that time and time again, as guys will be doing online dating a lot and they've got like one old picture on their Instagram. And I'm like, bro, like, are you kidding me? You're, you're, you're missing out on like every hot woman out there. Cause she, there's no hot women out there who are like, you know, especially if they're younger and like their early twenties, you don't have an Instagram. Like you're, you're fucking weird. I'm sorry. Right. That's like <laughs> it's a good thing. I'm married. Like, I don't even have an Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, if, if you're, if you're older, obviously it's not as, as much of a thing, but you know, under like 30, no Instagram, you're really fighting an uphill battle or even an Instagram that isn't optimized. You're fighting an uphill battle because that's, you know, a lot of women, even on Tinder, they, they almost just use Tinder as a way to hope guys will kind of slide into their DMS and, you know, they'll say, if, if you, if I swiped right on you, if you swipe right on me, just, just DM me on, on Instagram. Cause they're not going to go out with anyone who doesn't have an Instagram. So that's, and obviously what goes into making a good Instagram is kind of the same that what goes into making a good online dating profile. You need, you know, high quality photos. You want to look your best. You want to know, like if, if you're going to use online dating, it's unfortunate, but you, you kind of got to know the angles of your face. You have to know what, you know, what direction you look better. When are you more masculine when you're looking at the camera or smiling or kind of looking to the side off in the distance, like these little tiny things make a huge difference because we're talking about something where you're judged like that, you know, and that's the beauty of meeting people in real life is you can show your personality, your confidence, your, your humor, your wit, but you don't get to do that online. You only have a photo and like the, the, a blink of an eye where people are just, you know, it's, attention is like the currency these days. Right. And if you don't grab their attention, it's going to be really tough. So 
um, you know, a lot of thought and effort really needs to go into your online dating profile if you want to succeed. That is fascinating. You know, we, we've talked about online dating a number of times on this show, including having people from the online dating services on, and never has it come up that you need to have an Instagram. But I will tell you this. I'm not saying that that because I don't think that you're correct. Actually, like a light bulb went off in my head when you said that because what I do have, and I'll, I'll be dating myself again, the only social media account I have is Facebook because I just, you know, whatever, I couldn't care less about the rest. But here's the thing. Facebook has stories across the top, right? Those stories are actually Instagram stories that show up across there. And I can tell you that every single time I go onto Facebook Every single one of those stories across the top of my Facebook is a beautiful young woman. Every single one. I know that I've got plenty of male contacts, <laughs> friends, whatever you want to call them, in there that it could be showing me, but it doesn't. It always shows me all the young, hot women. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Facebook is the owner of Instagram, of course. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, they, they've kind of merged them into one. Um, but yeah, depending on your demographic, um, and, and I think it's great that you don't use social media because of, you know, I'm engaged and I, every minute I spend on social media, I feel like I'm wasting like a minute of my life. But if you're single and you know, you're not optimizing those channels, it's, you're, you know, you're really doing yourself a disservice because that's like, like if, if you're a beautiful woman and you have the option to date whoever you want, right? Like, most, most beautiful women don't even use online dating because why would they? Mm -hmm. they? They meet so many cool, like awesome dudes through their social circle or through just in real life that for them to resort to online dating, it's, it's very for a, a really short period of time, usually right after they've gone through a breakup where their grandma says, you know, you should get on J-Date. You meet a nice Jewish boy, you know, you just got out of that relationship. But that's literally how I met, the, the, you know, I've, I've dated a lot of women, but the, the one that I, that I found online who was like really beautiful was that exact scenario where she was only on J-Date. I'm Jewish. She was only on J-Date for like a week. She went on like three other dates. She's like, all these guys are, are lame. And then we met and, and that was it. And, you know, we were dating and she was off, off the platform. So you know, if you're really looking for, you know, the, the top quality women, just know that they don't need to use online dating. They're only using it for validation. You know, they've got a profile, they'll read the messages and they'll feel good that they're getting messaged. And it's like, Oh yay, validation. This is great. But will they go on a date? Like, are they going to say yes to your date? Maybe they'll say yes. But if, if they have a date lined up with you or with another guy that they've met in real life, they're definitely going to meet that guy in real life over the guy they met online because the guy you met online, you just don't know nearly as much about that guy. And, you know, Celine, you could, you could, you know, refute or back me up on that. Like, you know, that's, that's kind of how, what I've heard from most beautiful women on, on I, how they I, approach it. I would agree. Like some of our friends too are, are, are dating and they are beautiful women. And there's also this whole terrible thing for, <laughs> Uh, being online when when you considered beautiful is like some of them she was getting like over a hundred messages in a day and she's like it's just too overwhelming you know like there's just too much so for sure you'll stand out if you do something different and just don't go the same direction that everybody is always going so I kind of want to wrap this up a little bit. There's been so many awesome advice and, 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 and action steps that people can take from forcing yourself to take action on things that you think are scary, whatever that is, that are uncomfortable just to learn. You know, some of the things that you, you do a lot too in when you go to some different like sex parties or events that are like tantra things, you learn to say like, to say no and you go around the room and you have to always say no and people ask you, can I touch your hair? No, thank you. To learn that it's okay to say no, you know, and what you learn is that the more you say no, the easier it will become so that when you aren't in that playtime and somebody comes and like, can I play with you? And you're like, I don't feel like it. It's like, no, thank you. And you move on. Well, and that exercise teaches two things. So one, it's empowering you to say no, mm -hmm. if you're not a no, but it's also teaching the other people to be okay when somebody says no to you. That has nothing to do with you. It's just right. not the right which timing. Is, which is a little bit more like what we've been discussing, right? Like if you're going to be a guy 
shy and you're lacking confidence, you got to get okay with the fact that some women are just going to say no. Of course. For whatever oh, yeah. reason. <laughs> they didn't like the color of your shirt. Like, whatever, you know? They, they're menstruating that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, don't talk to they me. They didn't have their morning coffee yet, you know? Like, whatever it is. <laughs> There's so much power in no. You know, I actually read a, a really good sales book recently. It was called Start With No. Mm. And, you know, sales dating, it's very similar. We're talking about oh, funnels yeah. and all that stuff. Um so I, I highly recommend that book for anyone, whether they're in sales or not, because everything is sales, but it's start with no, it's literally start with a no, because people who are like, Hey, can, can you do this X, Y, Z? Everyone's like, no. Right. But if you, if you get them to start with a no, it can be, you know, a lot easier than get to a yes. That's good. So practice the nose, do the crazy things you're afraid of. Don't be afraid to like put yourself out there, revamp your Instagram, create a funnel, create a funnel. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, is there anything I know that uh, you had a few, I want to address maybe quickly around the texting tips. Cause you were saying uh-huh. that guys really make big, big mistakes when it comes to texting. Since we live in this technology world, what do you have to say about that? How to avoid some of the biggest mistake when it comes to texting? Great question. So the, the biggest mistake I make with texting or any sort of online communication, this is obviously online dating in a nutshell, it's just messaging back mm-hmm. and forth, is when they do get the contact info uh, of a, a woman that they're really interested in is they over-communicate. And they kill all the mystery. They kill all the desire. They're constantly messaging them like all day, every day. How you doing? Like conversations that would work face to face don't work through messaging very well. Like when you ask someone how you doing over text, it's kind of annoying. Like I'm good. How about you? It's it's like you're really gonna type that out. It's annoying. Right? So- <laughs> it's so true. It is so fucking true. <laughs> so you know, less is more, right? Like when, when I, if I'm going to use Tinder and I have a whole like Tinder guide and a way you can just like optimize the efficiency of that. But once I get off Tinder, either onto Instagram or onto WhatsApp or or iMessage or whatever, I'm only going to be exchanging maybe four to eight messages tops before, you know, and then I'm, I'm getting it. I'm going for a date. Um, that, and that's, that's the absolute most. And texting, the only point of texting is to see someone again, right? Like there's no point in having a conversation because you want to do that in person, right? Unless she's really like initiating the conversation and, you know, seeking rapport with you. Of course, you want to respond. You don't want to be an asshole and just like, no, we've done it five times. This is it. You've reached your quota, woman. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You don't want to be a robot, of course, but less is more. And if the way to tell is just just look at like, do the bubble test, right? If if the amount of text and the amount of messages is pretty equal, you're probably doing okay. But if there's a severe like investment misbalance, either on one side or the other, the person who's investing more is more interested and probably too interested in losing the other party. I like that. The bubble test. Yeah, that, that is that is cool. That's actually very, very similar advice uh, that Melissa Hobley uh, from OkCupid gave us in a, in a previous interview as well about the whole texting thing is like, yeah, you, basically her advice was, you know, if you're if you're having this whole long, you know, exchange and you haven't yet scheduled the date, then that's that's not good. So, you're yeah. Dead. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's like <laughs> a few a few back and forth to establish some rapport and maybe figure out some plans and then you should be going for the date Come itself. from the date, yeah. say when you pick her up and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So tell, uh, before we ask you our very last question, tell our listener where they can find more uh, about you. And I know you said you have all these guides and things that they can get. So there's, there's so much more. So where do they go? <laughs> Sure. Um, so if you go over to my website, it's innerconfidence.com, inner like I-N-N-E-R, uh, confidence.com. And what I'd recommend is if you're struggling with texting or you're struggling with the messaging on Tinder, I have a texting guide. It basically solves all of these questions for you. It's just like literally go to the, the chapter, what, what message do I need to send? Okay. You can cut and paste a lot of this stuff. Not all, it's not like canned lines or anything, but it's super effective guys who use it. They're like, wow, I, I just solved that whole thing that was giving me so much stress. 
uh, because that's where most guys get stuck. So that's what I would recommend for any guy, regardless of kind of where you're at. Every guy can really improve their electronic communication. So yeah, find me on interconference.com and uh, love to help anyone out. Awesome. So we come to our very last question, Robbie. We want to know what is your best sexual talent? Ooh, wasn't expecting this question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, can I tell a little backstory to this? Sure. Uh, so I was at a sex party many years ago, maybe 2013, and my girlfriend at the time. Um, you know, we had tried to make her squirt before, but no such luck. I never really knew what I was doing with that. Um, but we were with another couple and we were playing and this guy just like, voila. And all of a sudden she was squirting like a fountain. And, um, I was like, holy shit. Like, how did you do that? And he, and he literally showed me how to do it on his wife. And the technique was so like easy once he kind of like showed me what to do with my actual hand, where now I can, I can get like, I don't know, I'd say 75% of women to squirt if I, if I, uh, have the opportunity. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, a crowd favorite, you know, everyone loves a, a good squirting sort of show, whether, <laughs> whether they're having an orgasm or not, it's definitely one of the, you know, like a cool parlor trick at a sex party. It so. is a crowd pleaser. Oh my God, I admit. that's exactly what I was going to say, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a cool talent to have see now we're gonna have to have robbie back on the show because people are like ah, i want to see the technique well if you want to know the technique and how to do it you can find it too at sexual mastery and power and power and mastery.com for sure <laughs> <laughs> but i'm sure robbie has good things too but yeah. that is awesome awesome robbie thank you so much for um being here today with us and all the wonderful advice that you've shared uh, it's been such a great conversation yeah, guys, I love this interview. It's so much fun. Thanks so much. <laughs> all right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>